1: Everyone and welcome to Come For Supper. I'm Alexandra Dudley, food writer, cook and serial dinner party host. So I thought it'd be fun to sit down with people who share that love for food, chat about life and learn a little bit more about how they like to serve supper. I speak to chefs, restaurateurs artists, actors, authors, and pretty much anyone who likes to entertain. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you click subscribe. And if you enjoy it, rate it, review it, and tell your friends, as it makes all the difference. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Come For Supper. This week we have a wonderful guest and a good friend of mine. A brilliant cook and a star baker with a love for French cuisine, she was also a recent quarterfinalist of The Great British Bake Off. She is Manon LaGreve. Did I say your surname <laughs> right? Yeah, I did. well
2: done. Good.
1: My French isn't amazing, but you know, I like you to practice. Well, yes. <laughs> so how are you, wherever you come from today?
2: I'm very good, thank you. Very excited to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. No, pleasure. <laughs> uh, I was just at home, I baked a cake this morning. You baked a cake this morning? Yes
1: it's i mean it's
2: it's we're not far in the day that's very impressive i know i mean the sponges were done by 9 a.m i was up very early this morning so
1: yeah that great great british bake-off stamina has stuck through exactly (laughs) so let's go back to kind of a little bit of your life history because we know a lot about you from the television Mm -hmm. but let's go back to your childhood you were born in france raised in Brittany on Mm -hmm. a on a farm Mm
2: -hmm. was
1: food something that you
2: always loved was it something you were kind of surrounded by yeah, I think, you know, we're the kind of family that we're having lunch and we're discussing what we're going to have for dinner. Like, food has always been, you know, everywhere. Like, so my mom and dad have an egg farm. My uncle has a vineyard. The other one has a milk farm. We have, like, two restaurants, a butcher, a baker. Literally, this is just close family. Wow, it's like a simple life. Yeah, yeah, I know, exactly. And, but it's funny, you know, because at home, like, food was always, it's just normal, like you know, mom would make food for like twenty without a sweat. Mm-hmm. Just you know, every Friday, and you know at home we always had. I don't know. Maybe I'm going too much into details now. No,
1: keep going with the details.
2: We but love like, details. well you know when I we when I we thought about things, it was so funny. Whenever there was a dinner party at home, essentially, mom was a cook and dad was a metrodi. So dad was organising everything: so wine, uh set the table, organise us kids. So we always used to have to make the appetisers so then you could eat like one or two on the slide or 10 because essentially we were always very hungry. Um, and then, yeah. And you know, that's, that was like the dynamic of home and it's so funny really we're thinking about it now. Um, because yeah, you know, it's, it's just, we just grew up and it was just normal. And I think that's really when I came to the UK, when I was like making a cake or serving dinner, people were like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And I was like, Uh, really you know that was easy
1: yeah you were just brought up like that exactly So,
2: how old were you when you came to London what brought you here so I was 19 when I came here and I came here as an au pair Mm -hmm. so I worked well kind of worked but I lived as a family for 10 months which was amazing could you speak English already because your English is incredible way better than my
0: French
2: (laughs) I mean seven years um I like you know I learned English at school just like everyone but I think you know, the English accent and the understanding on people was like so hard. I couldn't really understand anything. So it was, yeah, kind of, I spent like six months, you know, smiling and saying, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like what I do when I'm in France.
2: Exactly. Yeah. But I think it was amazing. And I really learned to speak English with the kids because they were just starting Mm -hmm. to learn how to speak. And it was awesome. And I think I just fell in love with London. like, And then, yeah, I had to go back home to finish my studies. And I just came back. Because I was like, I've got nothing to lose. I want to be here. And what was your first job in London? So I worked as a temp. So I arrived in this company, which was a conference company. Da, da, da. And so I was temping, doing like database work, which was terrible. But like my English wasn't that great. I had no idea what invoice meant. And I was <laughs> in the like, uh, you know, credit department. That we mm-hmm. used to get payment. And then after three months, they employed me. And I remember sitting there and I was like, I have no freaking idea of what we're doing, but I'm going to do it. And then they believed in me. And you know, in a year I got assistant manager, then trained everyone and then boom, you know. And that was that? Yeah, which was awesome.
1: And last year, as we all know, you entered the Great British Bake Off. Were you always a fan? Did you watch it?
2: Yeah, I think it's definitely one of the first shows that I've watched here. Okay. Uh, I have memories of, so me and my, one of my best friend Charlotte that, you know, we live together now. We used to have this tradition where we would watch it and I would make, um, cheese toasties with like, um, sweet potato fries and honey. And Ooh, we would yum. watch Bake Off. Oh yeah, that's, we love cheese and sweet potato fries. Also the honey. benefit <laughs> of living with a chef,
1: definitely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what, how was it? I mean, did you love
2: it? Yeah. And I think it's so funny because with Charlotte, every time she would be like, oh, what would you make?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And this year, I have this vivid memory of la- last year, well, was the year before of literally she would always tell me what would you do and I was like oh maybe you know I would do that and thinking like oh it's hard when you think about it what would I do yeah you mean for kind of the showstopper and yes things like that exactly and yeah and all like all of my friends we were like you should do it apply so I did apply one year two years before yeah but you know when you feel like things are not I wasn't ready Mm -hmm. so I was like it's fine and then what I did I started my website my blog where I shared more recipes and I really got into the baking because I felt like there were some things that I really liked and wanted to do more and then you know I kind of I had a breakup and then I stopped everything and then I started again and that's really I was like you know what I've got nothing to lose let's just apply for Bake Off.
1: That's so exciting were you really excited when you got admitted because not every, obviously everybody lots of people apply, but not everybody
2: gets yeah. to go on the show. So like I mean this I think this is about 12,000 people application. And even literally, again, I remember that day when I received an email and be like, hey, thank you for your application. We want to give you a call. So I print screen and I send it to all my girlfriend. Oh my God. And initially, you know, every, I know you meant not to say anything to anyone, but because it's quite a lengthy, like for three months, literally my life was just audition, bake off audition. And you just so kinda... you have to audition before you go on? Oh, yeah. So there's wow. quite a few things that you have to do. A lot of loopholes. Or yeah. Kind of rings yeah. to jump through. That's what you say. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then, yeah. And then I had the final call when I was in Rome with my parents and... Yeah, so like you're going to be on the show. I was like, okay, so this is the first four recipes you have to develop, and wow. then you're like,
1: whoa. And were you working at the time? Mm-hmm. Because it's a, it's hard work, I think, for people who have to maintain families yeah. and jobs mm. and come up with kind of six towered biscuit cakes, <sighs> and then it was funny things.
2: Like, I think I told this story before, but I really actually I'm quite a confident person and a positive person, but I think when Bake Off happened, it was. I was very busy with work. I just had a promotion, which was amazing. And I was very proud of this and loved my job. But then obviously I had this and I got, I remember I did my biscuit selfie was the first, which was the first episode of Bake Off. And I looked at it and I just like start cry. I was like, wow, this is so not Bake Off style. Like it was terrible. (laughs) I would show you, it was terrible. And then literally, I called my parents, I called my sister. I was like, you know what? Maybe they just thought I was good. Like, they just liked the idea of me being French and da da da. I can't do it. And I spoke to a few of my friends and they were like, you can do it. Because the difficult thing is, you don't know what you compare yourself yeah. to, to. And I think in our life now, you see so many things, and you can compare yourself, which is not the best thing. But you can be like, okay, I'm kind of at this level, which I'm fine with. But before you get into the show, you have no idea. Yeah, you have no idea what anybody no, else is going to do. No, be like. literally, no idea. Uh, so yes, I had a breakdown, but I was like biscuit breakdown, biscuit breakdown. I did it again, and I was like, okay, that looks a bit less like a four years old job, mm-hmm. even if I spend five hours to do it. Um, and then yeah, and then obviously I went on it and. I followed and got more comfortable. And-
1: yeah, you were fantastic to watch as well. Oh, was that the most you. challenging challenging part then, the, the biscuit breakdown? Or I was going to ask, what was the most challenging part of, of the show? Because as fun as it yeah. was, I'm sure it had its kind of stressful moments.
2: Like, I have to say, I think I'm not really a stressful person. I think it was the hardest was being judged. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... By Paul. Yes. Yeah. And like, I you know, it's kind of when you're at school, when you get marked, I'm very, uh, my worst competition is myself. And I think when you put something in front of someone like you know, you love food, we love food and we cook or we bake because we love it and we want to make people happy. Mm -hmm. And that's why I bake and making something that someone is going to judge. And, you know, sometimes obviously I'd agree, but sometimes you would kind of disagree and it's very subjective, you know, subject. So yes, being judged was the hardest thing. And also I think for the week I left was also really hard because I really loved just a bake I called it always a bake of Babel because it was amazing team amazing people and it was just yeah people loved really everyone was passionate about food and I think it was really the first time and what made me realise yeah I'm actually really passionate about that thing that food putting things together and making something good Um, so yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: So, we're here to talk a little bit about supper. I want to know what people should expect when they come for
2: supper. Um, so, it's funny because if I was living in France, you'll definitely have a starter and main dessert. Mm-hmm. But I think, and if you go at mum's it's always starter main dessert, lunch or dinner. But I think here, first, we have less time, and secondly, people are more used to get one main dish. I think... I usually do one main dish, either, um, I mean, I love quiche. I love making quiche and salad, which mm-hmm. is quite light and delicious and, and easy. And French, like quiche lorraine. Exactly. Or I love, like, you know, easy one-pot meal, um, because also I have, well, Charlotte, she's vegetarian, so I would probably do that more. And there's always going to be dessert, because that's okay. my favorite dessert part. fan, I was going to ask. that. Yeah. yes. You know, it's, I was in Canada not long ago, and we literally had this feast, which was mad, and then dessert came and usually everyone was looking at me, I've eaten so much and they were like, can you eat? I was like, I've got this second stomach. Here. Yeah, yeah. The dessert <laughs>
1: stomach. I always used to say that as a child. You have to save that room. There's always room for pudding. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there's something that humans, we crave the sweet thing. Oh yeah. So you will always have, until that mm. kind of element has been satisfied, you won't feel satisfied. Okay. That's, Interesting. That's kind of the belief. Yeah. Yeah well is yeah I I, definitely believe
2: that Ah, yes
1: (laughs) so always serve pudding what kind of what are your kind of fail-safe
2: puddings um feel safe pudding okay you know when people ask me this question I always have so many ideas like Mm -hmm. that come through my head and
1: oh what are you excited about making at the moment what kind of puddings or cakes Uh. or what's in your in your mind or your to-do list
2: like, I don't know what, at the moment, because we're starting to be spring, mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot into, like, panna cotta, mousse, um, or like, a bit more, like, airy desserts. Yeah, lovely, light, summery. It, yeah, exactly. Um, mm. So, yeah, and also, I think, because I do a lot of, like, cakes, so that I have to deliver, or small cupcakes or patisserie, I don't do many um, desserts on the plate. And I think it's, it's actually quite different from like constructing a dessert in a pl- for a plate, you have much more uh, fluidity of doing something a bit different. But I think because I ha- usually have to take over what I do, I'm kind of constrained by what I'm doing. So like a lot of tarts, I do a lot of tarts, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of cakes and small things that I can transport easily.
1: Yeah. What's your view on ready rolled pastry? Oh, I love it. You love it, okay. Because I know you, you know, I know that you make everything from scratch. Yeah. And you're a keen cook. I'm also a keen cook. And I I will normally make my pastry from scratch. But I always say, you know, you can buy no, ready roll well pastries, ex- especially with puff pastry.
2: Exactly. And to be honest, before I got into the show, I've never made a puff pastry. Yeah. It's a long lethargic because process, there like, isn't it? Because I was like, oh my God, that's a waste of time. Yeah. But we see now because that's my job. <laughs> I have more time to do it. And obviously I've always enjoyed it. But I also realize that it's not actually complicated. Mm-hmm uh but yet mum, we always have ready wool well, pastry at home literally yeah. I think and maybe that's why I love kish so much because when we got to an age where we could actually cook which was like 10 or something so mum and dad they would always be super busy and you know they would want I mean go home and dinner was served and we would make kish. like mm-hmm. literally I can do anything from whatever is left
1: yeah which like is a fridge
2: worth, forage yes, it which is my favorite thing to do I need to try your quiche clearly yeah we have to, to do it yes
1: and <laughs> so, yeah I'm sure you've been to many dinner parties at home or with friends. Has there been kind of one that really stuck out for you?
2: I have, again, this vivid memory of my mom and dad, they've always had people around. And you know, when you're a kid, we're like 10 and you just want to go out and play. But there was this, my parents actually, uh, best friends, that their conversation was always amazing. So we always would stay at the table and we would stay until like 1am. And again, we were just 10 and it's just, again, I think, you know, when you grow up, you just realize what your parents did and stuff. And, um, like we're so lucky because we always had minded, amazing people in our house that we could, you know, listen to what they were talking and they traveled. And so, yes, I think this, a lot of like dinner parties at my home with my parents, best friends were like such good memories. And, and even now, like you know, whenever we go, we always go to see them. They're kind of like my friends as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be on my wedding so nice. as just friends, even if they're like 70, but yeah.
1: still. It's cool that. I think yeah. a mix of age, age is always ah, great 100%. at a dinner party. Yeah. The conversation is so much more ah, interesting.
2: Exactly, yeah.
1: So you're a bit of a French baton or like baton for, a bat, you know, French cooking, which a lot of people think as kind of stuffy or overcomplicated, maybe a bit old fashioned, but you're you're definitely trying to kind of bring bring it back and and show that it's something that's quite simple and delicious you have your youtube channel manon's little kitchen yes. where you do have a great video on how to make a quiche Lorraine if <laughs> yes. anybody needs wants, yes. needs a tip or needs a helping hand what's your kind of like what are you trying to do with french food and obviously you love it obviously you're french mm-hmm. you know you have this kind of connection with it and it is you know the some people say the best cooking mm-hmm. in the world what do you think that
2: I mean, Italian are quite up there Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, Italian's also good. And I think now I travel the world a little bit more. I can't choose what is my favorite. Um, But, you know, to come back to kind of French cuisine, it's kind of funny because when, again, when I came to London, obviously there's people are like, oh, French, oh, it's so fancy. Oh, let me pay 50 pounds for this dinner. And I was like, what, really? You know, I think at home, like my mom, again, she had three kids. You know, no one to have, we always had starter main dessert, lunch, dinner. And it was easy. Like, you know, I think it's just simple ingredients. You know what you put in it. And that's really what I want to do is like bring back people. Like, it doesn't have to be fancy. Like, I don't know why. And also, I think back in the 90s, it was very like trendy to like French dinner party. And I think now because you have all of these amazing colorful cuisines that are coming through, which is more Instagramable. It's da- uh Instagrammable. Instagrammable. <laughs> Instagrammable. It's <laughs> <laughs> um so I feel like that's why people have turned down on their French cuisine. Yeah. Uh, because of this. Um but yeah, know, really what I'm trying to show is, you know, my website and my YouTube is that it's easy, it can be super colourful, delicious, and you know, yeah, I don't know, that's why I want to. And also like I always I'm a true believer of you eat and as long as you happy with eating like you're gonna be fine like French people we eat lots of bread we eat lots of butter and it's not like I never I hate when people are like you know I'm trying to not eat that much, or um how do you say a devil like uh, um demonize
1: demonize people demonize ingredients yes like demonizing gluten or dairy or exactly sugar exactly refined sugar my pet hate actually refined sugar yes as yeah, in yeah. demonizing it as my pet yeah yeah demonizing it i'm with you there
2: yeah so so yeah so that's why i'm trying to show people that a balanced diet can be french full of butter cream delicious um and that you can still be healthy because healthy doesn't mean thin or doesn't mean mm. uh you know very toned and stuff it means actually your heart is healthy your everything intestine e- everything is healthy and i think that's one of the most important things. like i eat to fuel myself and to fuel my body mm-hmm. and also because i just love it you love food
1: yeah i've heard you say that the more butter the better exactly
2: <laughs> that's my motto
1: i like that motto <laughs> yeah. you're also a runner you recently yeah. ran a half marathon mm-hmm. for for cancer, cancer research, research mm-hmm. which is pretty incredible fueled by butter Yes, Perceiving
2: exactly, but again, so my parents are big marathonian. Mm-hmm. We actually did a two half marathon together as a family wow. with my brother and sister. Um, and and again, it's the same, you know, they never they've done like pff, 30 marathons and run 100 kilometers, and they're amazing like sport people, but they never dieted, they never stopped alcohol for anything. Um, and they just you know lived and always eaten homemade full yeah. food. And I think that's one of the most important thing, homemade. Mm -hmm. And know what you put inside what you're eating. I agree, definitely. And also, I think food is about enjoyment, really, isn't it? Exactly. Like, I don't know, me and my sister, we used to be able to eat so much as teenagers because, you know, you're growing and stuff. And it's so funny, my uncle that is a butcher and also has a catering business, whenever he would come home, he would bring a tray of uh, potato dauphinoise mm-hmm. because we just love it so literally we just cut it in half in the oven and me and my sister would be just like slurping in and just eating all that's so. a brilliant brilliant <laughs> one have you done a youtube video on that i feel like people no. need to see that
1: i know yeah. i would definitely like a tutorial on that okay. So i'm i I'm oh, petition literally literally for that.
2: every year that's for christmas me and my sister we're on the dauphinoise on the doping mill (laughs) potatoes
1: so where else do you look for inspiration you I know that you've spoken about kind of all the different flavors and cuisines you just got back from Morocco from Marrakesh which Mm -hmm. is fantastic for, for cooking where do you find your inspiration for kind of coming up with new flavors and recipes
2: I think as you said obviously like travel is you know amazing and I also love to look into the season I always kind of You know, it's quite funny because French season and English season is quite different. Mm. So, for example... There's a bit of a delay on it. it. Yeah, exactly. And also what you can find in the shop here compared to what you can find in France is slightly different. So it's funny when, you know, when I told mom, oh, yeah, we have a lot of rhubarb at the moment. And mum was like, "Oh, really? Mine hasn't grown yet." Yeah, you know that's interesting. And yeah. pears—you get pears and apples for a lot longer in France. The season yeah, stretches exactly. Um, so yes, you know why I'm trying to look into you know what's in season, and I just I think you know as you like we food creative, and I think when we see something. You just straight away in like 10 seconds, you're like, oh, I could do this. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. you just get very excited about, oh, you know, I love like nutty, so I love pistachio and almond. And Yum. I think any kind of fruits can kind of like go with it. So you're just playing with this from my, you know, basic recipes and I just add some things or... um So yeah, just seeing things. I'm very visual. I like to see things. Obviously, I'm very lucky is that, you know, I get invited to a lot of amazing restaurants here. Mm-hmm. And it's always, again, no one has created anything. Like, I mean... I don't believe I'm like invented something. Yeah, it's repetition though, isn't it? Exactly. And it's also like making something yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you, like you have your style of cooking, I have my style of cooking. And it's knowing how to take this, you know, inspiration and make it your own, give it your own twist on it.
1: I definitely believe that food is essentially just kind of a language really, isn't it? It's just a form of expression. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's a great way to kind of express exactly. yourself. Yeah. What about, so you mentioned restaurants. What about your favorite restaurants in London?
2: Oh, in London?
1: Yeah. Okay. Just
2: a few. Okay. Know, I'm sure it's a long list. Um, Il Bordello, in okay. Wapping, which is an amazing Italian place. I have never been there or heard oh, of it. Oh my God. It's always full. Okay. Always busy. It's quite big. Run by like an all Italian family. Lots of Italians go there? Lots of Italians. good sign. I did a test. I was on a trip to Tuscany. So we went for dinner there before. Compared to Tuscany. It's pretty good. Really? Pretty I'm going to yeah. have to get to oh, Wapping. Yeah, it's so nice. I love this place. Um, other places in London. You know, I think for me, like, yes, it's about the food, but it's also about how I'm feeling. I'm not really good with, like, snazzy. Is that how you say? Snazzy. Snazzy, snazzy. places. Um, because, again, maybe it's me being a bit of a snob, but in in France, for, like, 20 euros, you get amazing food. Actually, I'm going to mention this restaurant that I love, which is called Frenchy. Mm-hmm. In Covent Garden. Yeah, it's brilliant. They do this, they have like a lunch for like twenty two pounds, mm-hmm. I think. Which I think it's, you know, amazing. Like and maybe Yeah, and I think sometimes people miss the point on this kind of thing, thinking that more expensive it is, better it's gonna yeah. be. I've been disappointed by some French restaurant where the bill was like, you know, five hundred pounds and you kind of like mm. when you cook, you kind of know. Yeah, you know what goes
1: into it. Exactly. Yeah. Um and the atmosphere is so important. Oh, Atmosphere. I was gonna mention
2: Brasserie Zidel. Have you been to Brasserie Zidel? Yes, yes, also yes. really good, fun, yeah. electric. Exactly. And this is literally I remember when I went, I was like, this is like home. And you know really? it's God, authentic. I went to
1: I wish it was like my home.
2: Gotta yeah. Say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, this is like a French brasserie in yeah. Paris. You know, yeah. which was actually Lots of energy. Exactly, which was like lovely to see. What about
1: people? Because I think often you know people like like you or like me or people who love to cook we have kind of certain idols you know i have you know it might be like nigella or rick stein or elizabeth david have have there been people who have kind of shaped your kind of cooking journey in a, in a way like those inspirational
2: figures um i think you know now obviously with the full world of instagram i could think about you know cedric grollet which is an amazing mm-hmm. french pâtissier that you know created all of the things but actually in terms of like growing up inspirational I would say as I mentioned like you know my cousin he's a baker like he won the best baguette in Paris and delivers a president for a year wow uh like he's amazing so passionate about what he does my other cousin he was a chef on a yacht for like 10 years and worked in Michelin star restaurant and again my other uncle vineyard like I think really my family is really my inspiration and they just, yeah, passionate about what they do. And I think that's, and also they're passionate, but they also don't actually worry about all of this internet bubble. So, where I'm from, it's quite small and people love food. And so, their aim is just to make good food and reputation. And they don't really care about what else, whatever. It's just about the simple things. Yeah. Food you, you want to eat, exactly. the best kind of food. Exactly. and. Mummy's always worried there's not enough food, so there's always. A <laughs> lot I love
1: of that. Food. So I'm a bit like that. <laughs> yeah, over. Or, it's always better to over cater. Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> what do you think about British food? Which I know is a difficult one because what is British food these mm-hmm. days? But you know, classic British, like a British fryer or like a Sunday roast. What What do you think of yeah. it? Honestly. Honestly. Honest answer. I
2: hate actually when people are like, "Oh, you must eat so bad when you live in London," and I'm like, "This is so wrong." actually i love a fry up like who doesn't love a fry up <laughs> i love a good fish and chips
1: yeah fish and chips is brilliant i gotta oh, say we like, do fish that the and best
2: is amazing sticky toffee pudding is mm-hmm. one of my favorite dinner- pudding is dessert good. so good um i have to say sunday roast is not my favorite but that's, but that's fine it's not my favorite either yeah you have to say but like pies i love pies mm-hmm. um no i think it's it's so wrong that we still in that kind of again old school like oh, french food is the best and british food is terrible no come on
1: yeah so you're a fan of the, fan of the fan of yeah. british food yeah and frank what's it, the Francifying? because you're you're definitely bringing french yeah. food to kind of the center of the yeah. table i think yeah. it's really exciting to see what you're doing with british food and mm-hmm. kind of giving it
2: a bit of a french twist yeah. like pie like, i love like making like a chestnut and chicken pie Yum. you know it's maybe you won't have much chestnut yeah. here but it's something that we do have a lot in France. so yes you know things like this it's really warm yeah. and comforting exactly that as well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you clearly are a woman who likes a challenge. You know, you entered the Great British Bake Off and then did a half marathon. What's the next big challenge for you? Like, what have you set yourself to kind of
2: work towards? Um, I definitely would love to have my own TV show. Yeah. I think that would be my goal for the year. Just broadcasting a bit more my passion for food and giving this kind of young, different view on France because I love travel as well and... Showing people a different side of France and French food. Yeah, French cooking. Exactly. I would watch that. Ah, I thank would you. definitely watch that. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so this is really some things that I'd love to do because, yeah, it's just, I love learning from people and I'm so lucky, again, to meet amazing people and I feel like I'm richer every day because I learn something every mm-hmm. day. And I think when I watch something on TV, it, I want, I always, obviously you have this kind of, you know, 20% of the thing I watch is I don't really think, but a lot of it I love like, oh God, I'm not going to say this now, but David Atamba or like, you know, yeah. things that I learn from. And I think I could teach people that. I could, yeah, you, know, you definitely could. You know, so yes, that's my goal. That would be my goal.
1: So last kind of two questions. I always like to kind of finish to round it up. Three things that you advise people to always have in their kitchen cupboard to throw together. Either, normally it's kind of a dinner party. For you, it might be a kind of fantastic dessert. It could be whatever you want. You can choose. But three things that you think people should always have in their cupboard. What are they?
2: I think salt and pepper. Yeah. It's so easy. But Very important. good salt
1: is just everything. What's your favorite salt? Where do you get your salt from? Are you a Molden girl or a Cornish sea salt girl? So I
2: do love Molden salt. Mm-hmm. But I'm from Brittany, where we do amazing sel de Guérande salt, okay. which is, you know, fleur de sel, yes. which is very, like, oh, you just need a tiny bit and it's delicious. Um, and then I would say butter. Yeah, and French bre- butter. Yeah, like bread and butter to me is <laughs> it's always so satisfying and delicious. You can't go wrong. And finally, if I think about my family and my mom and dad, we always love to have a little bit of wine. A little bit of good wine. Yes. Again, French wine. Yes. Yes. The French
1: make everything quite good, don't they? Really? I mean, if you think about it. Yeah. Although bre- British to. bread is getting
2: getting yeah, great. We mean, are spoiled for bakeries, again, especially think, in London. Oh, I think we're very lucky to live in this amazing city, London. Mm-hmm. And there's more cities around England now. But you know what? I think it's the full generations that's starting to be more into food. You know, our grandparents, they just had to feed themselves. And our parents, it was more of a consumption, you know, the new micro supermarket and stuff. Yeah. And I think we're coming back to the, okay, what am I eating now?
1: Yeah, it's true. You it's know? like
2: it, it's like the bakers, the butcher, the baker, exactly. the candlestick kind of maker.
1: Exactly. There's a kind of nice nostalgic mm-hmm. element that 100%. makes you feel like you're playing. And
2: people are starting to want to make things with their hands because everything yeah. else is digitalized. Yeah. So why do I do with my hands? Nothing. Yeah, it's interesting. So, mm-hmm.
1: I often say that, that we're kind of coming full circle. Exactly. Yeah. Which is good
2: because the food is definitely better that way. Ah, Much better. God.
1: And then last people, three people that you could have to supper. If you could have anyone in the world, they can be alive, they can be dead, they could be Disney characters, they could be anyone. Who would you have? And why? Why would you have them too?
2: So I'll have my late grandpa Pierre Mm -hmm. because he, yeah, was amazing and we miss him very much and he was always the best at the dinner party and make the most amazing cider and calvados for us gosh your family it's proper food family maybe yeah. we should just do a netflix show about your family yeah well <laughs> that's essentially what i want to do <laughs> um so yes bless him and then i think he would get on so well with david Attenborough. yeah i love nature i think i was watching our planet yesterday i haven't started yet i was going to ask you that oh uh, everyone has been telling me it's the best things that they've done and i think it's incredible you know i watched you show elma like, oh you know like yeah oh, i love nature and last i would love to also have like marilyn monroe yes at the table because there's so many things we don't know and i think she was such an icon and such a again you know she was size 16 and she really represented this generation and i think we should learn from her and you know how like she was obviously very insecure and she had a lot of health issues and if she was maybe in with us today, she maybe would have suffered less because people are much yeah, more open about different. that s- stuff. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's
1: so interesting. I think it was such a different time as well, being a woman back then. God. You really were a woman for a man, even yeah. if you were a woman for a woman. Yeah. Which I think she was, but yeah. I think she maybe would have been more of a woman's woman today. Yeah. That's so interesting. I know. So, nice. Yeah.
2: That would be an interesting table. Yeah. What would you cook them? Ah. Oh. Where would I cook them? So my grandpa, he always used to peel potatoes for us because we loved my grandpa's fries. So mm-hmm. he'd be on the potatoes and we'd we'll have fries. Yeah, Friend. okay, Fritz. cool. Fritz. French fries. <laughs> um Also, I think I love rabbit. It's one of my favorite okay. meat. So I'll make some meat. Uh, so either I'll roast it or I'll make a ragu with prune. Wow. Because that's so good. Uh And then...
1: It's very sustainable as well to eat rabbit. We don't eat rabbit enough in yeah, this country. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, it's because...
2: My, my my grandma used to grow it, like yeah. have rabbits. Have rabbits and, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then oh, you asked me all this question, and I'm kind of like. And then we'll have yeah dessert wine, theme. and we'll have dessert. And then we'll have okay, I'll have to go with my favorite patisserie, which is Paris Brest. What's that? You're gonna have to explain it for me and everyone. <laughs> so it is because I love praline.
1: I love you know, praline
2: hazelnut. Yeah. So it is literally a shoe which is a circle
1: so that's like a like like what a profiterole or an eclair is made of it, that's it's that pastry it's exactly shoe pastry.
2: shoe pastry yes and then it's round because Paris Brest is one of the famous cyclist um, route in France and uh, actually it's round like a cy- cycling okay. thing uh, because it was made for the Paris Brest and inside is filled with like uh praline kind of cream buttercream wow yum oh,
1: does it have like a little Yes,
2: top? and on top you have like some toasted almonds and stuff. Yum! So good, delicious. And then <laughs> cheese. And then cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, like in, in France, well, we're not far where I'm from. We have this amazing woman that makes this like amazing cheese from around here. So I'll have some cheese from her. And I love goat cheese. Goat cheese is my number top one cheese top. Yes. So Yum. I have this
1: delicious. Well, hopefully one day I get to come around for supper.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> of course we will. Thank you so much, Manon, and thank you for coming in. For everybody who, if they're not following you, which they should, where can people find you on the internet? Where, 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 are, where are you?
2: Um, so I'm on Instagram. It's yeah. Manon Lagreve. Like mm-hmm. uh, I'm also on YouTube, as you say, in Manon's Little Kitchen. And I have my website, which is called the same. And it's also www.manonaglev.com. Fantastic. And also, you're on Twitter as well, aren't you? Yeah, Twitter. I, I've got this void name, it's marla 35 Okay, mmala35. Yes. Take note, everyone.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for coming. <laughs> no, and thank you. thank you to all our listeners for listening. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>.
2: bye. Enjoy supper.
1: <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you liked it, rate it, review it, talk about it, share it, and invite your friends around for supper. This has been a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.